And I'm Kay. And you're listening to the Babes of Quinny podcast. We understand the challenge of dealing with dental anxiety firsthand, but it doesn't have to stop you from getting the treatment you need. At Family Dental Center, they're dedicated to enhancing your dental experience. They have various services tailored to improve your visit, from weighted cozy blankets to ease restlessness to nitrous oxide for relaxation and oral conscious sedation to eliminate anxiety before and during your appointment. The FDC team will work with you to find the best solution for your dental anxiety. Visit FamilyDentalCenter.com or call the Belleville Franchise or Coburg office to learn more. Let's dive into something we've all faced, chronic pain. It's fascinating how our understanding of pain has changed. Scientists used to see physical and emotional pain as totally separate. Really? Things are shifting though, right? Big time. Nicola from Diamond Physiotherapy taught me there's a strong connection. The brain's neural system processes both physical and emotional pain using the same pathways. So our bodies and minds are more connected than we thought? Exactly. Constant communication sharing the same pathways. That's amazing. Diamond Physiotherapy treats the whole person. Physiotherapy, vestibular rehab, psychotherapy, all in one. Check them out at diamondphysiotherapy.ca and follow at Diamond Physiotherapy on Facebook and Instagram for more. We're doing it. What's the Enviro Center and why are they calling me? I'm not going to answer that. We could take it live on air. Should just to see what happens. It's fine. I don't want to. Oh, sleepy. How's it going? Mm, it's going. You doing good? <laughs> so many things. So it's been a week. I tell you, it's been quite the week. Just when I think I'm going uphill, you know what? Though? Smash to the face. To not, be fair, not, not literally, but like to be fair. To be fair. We knew that your week this week would be very busy. Yeah. And you showed a meme the other day about like, like this week being like a one of those like scooters to the ankle. Yeah, it was a scooter to the ankle kind of week. Yeah. It was like, I knew it was going to be busy. And then it was like, like someone just had to sprinkle some fun on top, you know? It was just like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I prepared as much as I could for how busy this week was going to be. I think you're. You're keeping it together pretty well. I only almost cried once today. That's, a, that's I haven't a, cried this week, but today I like had one of those moments where I just like was at home at lunch. I put both my hands on like the table and I was like tearing up and I was like, hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. I'm trying really hard. I didn't cry today. Proud of you. At all. Do you cry every day? Yeah, probably. <sighs> this segues real nicely into the new stickers we got. It really does. It was like late at night, maybe a couple months ago, and I made this graphic and it says, live, laugh, cry your eyes out. It's so perfect. (laughs) And we were just like ordering new stickers because we were running out and we have been out of stickers like our for a while. Our go to stickers, but we're trying not to support a certain sticker brand anymore. So we were trying to figure out who we're going to order from. But Yeah, so we got those made into stickers, and they look so good. They're so cute. So if you want to, if you want to put a sticker into someone's stocking, <laughs> you can come give us money, and we'll give you one. <laughs> a sticker in someone's stocking? Would you not love a sticker in a stocking? I, I probably would. Yeah. I would love that in like a card or. Oh my god! Right. We also got our postcards. We have so some if you of were you. A past guest. 
Or if we really, 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 really like you. I don't like anybody. I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> That's a complete lie. I'm like, I'm already fragile this week. What's new? No, um, I'm just like looking. I'm like distracted because we're in the 95.5 Hits FM studio today. And I'm distracted by this giant like gift basket oh. of goodies that Patricia Guernsey dropped Love off. Um, one, it has the best Lindor chocolate bar I've ever had. It's like salted mm-hmm. caramel. Is there some still in there? There's a whole bar. It's unopened. Oh. But I don't know. It seems like none of it's been touched except for, okay, no, they did open it. But there's also, okay, listen to this. Dark chocolate toffee almonds, but they are raspberry matcha. Matcha, matcha. 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 Um, matcha. Which matcha. sounds insane to me. And delicious. Anywho. <laughs> Thanks for Guernsey for... Not a sponsor. Not sponsoring the podcast. It's okay, though. If you want to. <laughs> you know where to find us. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't... What else? <laughs> what else is going on? Uh, we have our Christmas party tomorrow for work. Okay, so last week we did talk about it, but I edited it out because I didn't know if I was allowed to talk, to talk about it. I want to give big props to my lovely partner, Jeanette. We have done this. I love you. But I edited out her good news because I wasn't sure if I was allowed to talk about it. And she said I am allowed to talk about it. So, Jeanette has gotten a firm offer from a fire department. So, she's going to be full-time. That's so exciting. Which is very exciting because it is a process to become a firefighter. It was, It's a big process and I didn't realize it. Yeah. It seemed like they needed a lot of information. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of training. A lot of training you have to pay for, a lot of um, hoops to jump through, Mm -hmm. a lot, you need a lot of experience and she did it and it was a process and she, I'm so proud of her. She worked really hard and has a lot of really cool experience that has gotten her here. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, she's, she's going to be a firefighter. No, hot firefighter. Hot firefighter wife. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very proud of her. I'm very proud of you too. Look, this is Jeanette Corner. Jeanette Corner? (laughs) Oh, God, I'm just like, like I, I can be the number two in the fan club. Yeah. Because you're number one. Does that of count? Jeanette? Yeah. No, I feel like you're her. I think you and my mom are like tied for her number one fan. Well, I'll let your mom have that. Yeah. Because, you know, she's, I'm also Martha's number one fan. <laughs> I love Martha too. She's um, great. Yeah, I think like it's our holiday. It, this is the craziest time of year. Mm-hmm. So... That's it. All the things you went to like a zillion chamber events this week. I have one more tonight. Quinny West. Quinny West is tonight. Nice. So, just did Prince Edward County. Yesterday I had Prince Edward County and Belleville, and then on Tuesday I was at the Quinny Women in Business Christmas event. You're don't know how you do it. I'm exhausted. Yep. So, but you know what? Next week I feel like we're coasting into the holidays. I knocked on my head. Like, knock I was on wood. Say, I'm like. Mm. Mm-mm. Don't say that. I know. Uh, we'll see. Who knows? Uh, this week's episode, though. This week's episode. Powerful. Very. Um, it does start with a lot of farming talk because, uh, so it's Judith Burfoot. Of All Welcome Here. But she's also a farmer. She's also a farmer. And I'm I'm a farmer. So we so talked lots about of farming, farming talk for about first. 25 minutes, which is really fun. You learn a lot. And then we really dive into All Welcome Here and... The great work they're doing. Yep. I don't even want to, like, I feel like we just have to let them listen to it. Just let, yeah, they need to listen. I'm not going to do it justice. Yeah. Enjoy. 
2019, Judith Burfoot, a black woman in Prince Edward County, noticed a need for rural black indigenous and people of color to connect. And based on recent events, there was also a broader need for anti-racism. All Welcome Here is a nonprofit organization focused on linking people of color and rural PEC in order to provide support, social connectedness, and business assistance. Judith Burfoot believes in community, us too, and bringing people together. She moved here to farm sheep, goats, chickens, and vegetables and provide a better life for her children. Babes of Quinny, please welcome Judith Burfoot to the podcast. Hey. Did we get most of it correct? I think so. Okay, okay sounds cool. good to me. Um, Thank you. Just a, a light I'm so excited. Uh, we start, though, like, very serious. What's your favorite potato chip? Okay, this is really awful, but I just like plain... <gasps> Ruffle chips. Okay. At least okay, they're well, ruffled. There's, there's, a, there's a texture in there. You're yeah, good. Yeah, I like the texture. At least you didn't say lightly salted Lay's. We've had that been said. No. Tim from <laughs> Tweet like, & Co. I shout him out I every time. I don't like light anything. No. No. Right? No. Heavily salted and I like the ruffle. If you're really feeling it, eat less. Yeah. But eat the real thing. Are you dipping? Yeah, are you dipping? No. 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 Mm. I'm not really a sauce girl. Really? No. Huh. I, I like love sauce. I ketchup on some things. But not really. Wow. I know. I like dippy things. My mom's like that. Like I she like, doesn't love a sauce. Like veggies and hummus. Or oh, yeah. Breadsticks mm-hmm. and hummus. Like yes. that kind of dip. But not with chips. Chips, I just like chips. Wow. That's fair. Yeah. I grew up in the 70s, though, so maybe just like way too much dip. Oh, there's a lot of dip? Oh, my God. Was it all onion dip, yeah, too? It's all yeah, French onion. <laughs> Bougie onion. Bougie onion, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you probably just ate so much dip. Because it was the I thing. It was the thing. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a slut for dips. I still love hella good dip. What's the what? The what? Hell of a good. That's like the Oh, that's pre-made. the one my daughter likes. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's tasty. I get my friend's kid was in the adventure class at one of the schools and they were doing a fundraiser and they had like these little like powder packets and you like mix it with sour cream. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So I good. got like this ranch jalapeno it's one. Game changer. It was yeah. so damn good. That's so good. fun. Um, you moved to the county in 2009. Mm-hmm. Where were you before that? I used to live in Toronto. Oh, you're a city gal. I am a city gal. Big city gal. I was born in Toronto. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm first generation Canadian, but I was born in the city and I like Toronto. I I mean, I left, but I don't yeah. hate it. I don't yeah. think it's the devil. Lots of people do, especially out here. But I it's a general consensus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I wouldn't move back. No, yeah. would I. Right. What area did you grow up in? So I grew up in East York, mm-hmm. which I think when I was a kid was like trying to be famous for being like Canada's only borough, which is like <laughs> so sad. Oh, that was a thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There were boroughs in Toronto and then East York was the last one. So it was like East End of si- the city, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then when I was an adult, I spent most of my life in the West End of the city. So I think before we moved, we lived in the Junction. Oh, nice. Right? Which is unsurprisingly a place with a lot of trains. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Kensington and like Chinatown. Yeah. For, like, the longest time, it was lovely. It is lovely, right? Yeah. And also really noisy. So mm-hmm. much noise all the time. Right. Was it a shock to your system to then move to a yes. rural area? Yes. Yeah. Right? And so it's quiet. Like, we used to go camping and things. So, And when I was growing up, mm-hmm. I had friends with cottages and stuff. So I understand the rural jump mm-hmm. where you can't sleep because it's so quiet. It makes a noise in your ears because yeah. your ears are used to Nothing. traffic and sirens and the hum 
mm-hmm. electricity all the time, yeah. right? So that was definitely a shock, the quiet, right? I remember when I was in a school for planning during COVID, so it was all online, but so a lot of my class was in Toronto and they were like trying to figure out the difference. They were like, what are some differences between rural and urban? And I was like, I have no neighbors. And they were like, what do you mean you have no neighbors? Yeah, I was right? like, I live on a road. There's three houses. I don't, I can't see a house. No. And they were like, what? I was like, oh, you guys didn't know this was I a know. thing. I know. Well, that's the thing. So our house in Toronto was a townhouse, mm-hmm. right? Like a, one of those, what do they call them? Brownfield. Yeah. Yep. Right. So they take old factories and knock them down and build tiny townhouses. And our house, you could almost touch the walls. Really? Right? Like it was 12 feet wide. They're really small, right? And our backyard was like smaller than this studio, right? Mm -hmm. We had grass. We still had veggies Mm -hmm. growing and stuff like that Um, because my kids were small then. But it was such a tiny little house. And we were thinking about moving. So we bought a farm and it has 77 acres. And like thinking about how many of our little houses we could fit (laughs) Mm -hmm. in 77 acres was amazing. And same thing for me. I mean, there are neighbors around me, but like there's no houses beside us because it's a Mm -hmm. farm. And then across the street uh, used to be people that was just their cottage. Mm -hmm. So they would show up maybe twice a year. Right. And so that I think as a city person, you don't realize how much tension you're operating Mm -hmm. under all the time. Yeah. Right. I will say to people like, I have never gotten tired of always having parking when I come. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Like the stress in Toronto about parking Mm -hmm. and driving somewhere like it like you're in a rural space. You might have to drive further to get Mm -hmm. somewhere, but you're driving. Yeah. You're moving. Yeah. You're not not just sitting there. Right. All that stress is just gone. Non-existent. Gone. Right. Yeah, it's so nice. I, I still miss the Thai go. food, but like, yeah, um, mm, yes, that's you know, fair, etc. Yeah, there's like there's certain things I'm like literally. I think the only thing I ever miss about the city is the food. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like that's the only thing, realistically. Yeah, the, I, when I go to the city, it's I just want to eat certain foods that. Yeah, we and don't if there's something here. like if if there was like a play you want mm-hmm. to see, yeah. if you want to go to the ballet, yeah, you can just drive there and do that. Yeah. Or take the train or it's what like have you. so convenient. Mm-hmm. It's like I can and not live there, but I can still like just go on a day trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I love living here, which exactly. I seldom do. <laughs> right, but I could. Now, I could if I wanted to. I, yeah, I could. I just choose not to. Yeah, when I first point. moved here, I think I could stay at home for like. I think once a week, I was like over the bridge. Yeah, like right, I'm gonna go to Belleville. Well, there's more people or Kingston <laughs> and do stuff, and it's like. No, you don't. You don't, you don't have, have to do to. stuff. No, no, no. I, I'm very in that group. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, do I have to? Nah. No, 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 no. Cool. Why did you move to the county? Because I always wanted a farm, which That's is so hard cute. to do in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. When I was like a little kid, I have this memory of always asking. We lived in an apartment, so I would always ask my mom if I could have a horse because it would fit on the balcony that was like a stall yeah in my brain i would just take it down in the elevator it'd be fine yeah, it'd be fine. yeah. and then there was my apartment building it was like a building complex but had like big open fields beside yeah, it that's fine because it was a 70s so still empty space <laughs> um and i was like well it can just go out there and graze it'll be mm-hmm. fine 
obviously that didn't work. Mm-mm. But so I think probably, oh, I'll say 2005. We'll start there. But like I was working for um, an electricity agency. So making lots of money, mm-hmm. right? Had the sweetest corporate gig of all time. My kids were small mm-hmm. and I was paid for three days of work, but I worked four days, but short days. Mm-hmm. So okay. every day yeah. I could get my kids after school. And then Fridays I had Friday off and I was making, I don't know, 50 or $60,000. Oh, yeah, that's Working comfy. three days a week. Beautiful. Great coworkers, good work we were doing. And I fucking hated it. Yeah. Right? I was just like... Especially Toronto, you're in this time of year, you get on the subway mm-hmm. and it's yeah. dark and you go and it was right downtown. So you go in the path and you're, you know, <laughs> underground and you never see the sun because mm-hmm. if you work in an office tower. Oh, my gosh. I was, my friend is doing this right now. Yeah, yeah She's yeah. like, I never see the sun. You I'm don't. Like, no. And if you're an office worker, the executives have the ones with the windows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But the rest of us, like I was a webmaster there, the rest of us, we just have cubicles in the center of the building. So you never see the sun. Mm -hmm. And it's just you're squashed on the bus. You're squashed in your office. There's just people everywhere. And even the best work is like, I I can't. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to. And so I started doing farming workshops Mm -hmm. because, you know, I talked to my husband about it and we're like, okay, well, let's think about doing it maybe when we retire. Right. Yeah. And so I started doing farming workshops and we started looking at properties just to see, like, maybe we should buy something now Um, because, you know, land wasn't that expensive. We went, you know, west of Toronto and that was like, ooh, nope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, like, Prince Edward County is a place that I used to come as a kid, Mm -hmm. right, because we used to come to Sandbanks. I grew up with, my mom was a single mom and it was just me and her and it was, Mm -hmm. it's cheap and Mm -hmm. day trip and... And I always thought, oh, I could never afford to live in Prince Edward County. Like, that place is gold, right? I had such really beautiful memories of it. And we started looking around. And at the time, obviously, things have changed. Mm -hmm. But at the time, there were so many farms for sale. I feel like you almost got in before it got really, really... Yeah, we did. 77 acres. The house is... It's like a trailer yeah. house, whatever. But for but the barn is amazing. The fields are amazing. Oh, I was looking the at your Instagram. That there. barn is beautiful. Right? It has a stable, six <sighs> box stalls in it. Like a fabulous mm-hmm. farm, amazing property. And I had done like a bunch of workshops that made me aware of like buy the farm you need. Mm-hmm. Don't buy a farm thinking you're going to fix it up. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't because have time. You don't have time and you don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Right. So we moved in and. Our pasture was only like partly fenced, so like call fencing guy. Mm-hmm. How much to fence this? Twenty five thousand dollars. Well, never mind that. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll ooh, run wire. Yeah, you're like I'll right? run I'll a just strand. Run, I'll just run some wire. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, like those kind of costs with that size of land become mm-hmm. really hard, and um, so that's why I came out because I wanted to farm. Then I got laid off from my job. <laughs> It was like the perfect. Which, to be fair, is literally what I was asking the universe for. Yeah. Right. You like manifest. Mm-hmm. I can't stand this place. Again, great place. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I couldn't stand it. And I need money, though. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, boom, get this money. So it was like, well, okay, okay let's just do it. Yeah. yeah so we did like- it, right? And my kids were, my daughter was in junior kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And my son was in grade two. 
So it's like a good time to move. Yeah. So we moved over the Christmas break and then they started school. Wow. And I was like, kind of all perfect timing. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't, it's really easy to move kids when they're little, mm-hmm. but when they mm-hmm. get older, like yeah. it probably would have been, we had a couple years or we would have had to wait till like now. Mm-hmm. They're both in university, right? Wow. Yeah. That, it's, like, it's funny because you sound like, so I, I, it was like university. I started being like, I really want to farm. Like I started to get really like, obsessed with it and I was like I'm gonna have chickens when I'm older and and then I started just volunteering on a farm in the county cool and now I'm gay and I love farming you know like that was the <laughs> the plot twist of going to farm and you can't stop it's like no, it's really it's really hard like I'm, farm's kind of in transition now I don't know what we're gonna do with it? I don't have any livestock. Well, I've got some chickens left and my dogs, but I sold most of my stock off uh, earlier this year because yeah. we actually ended up also buying the house across the street. We did oh. sell our house and bought the house across the street, which is the farm's original farmhouse. Oh, cool. oh so it's yeah, this, like, yeah. Big. It's like a beautiful 1875 oh. farm. It's, if if a house was a person, I would marry that. House. Yeah, you my sister-in-law house? just moved love into a house it. like that. They're beautiful. I love it. They're gorgeous. It's big. It's made for people to like live in mm-hmm. and relax and mm-hmm. be comfortable. It's just comfortable, mm-hmm. right? And safe and warm and cozy and mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, right. So I feel like you can keep the house. <clears throat> oh, that that's the plan. <laughs> Yay! That's the plan. That's the plan. I feel like I, I, I deserve the, the warm, comfy hug mm-hmm. house. Yeah, right. Like, do you want animals again, or are you kind of? So if I keep if I keep the house across the street, I I, I still have my chickens, right? Yeah. I, I just have like a small flock now. There's not even I don't think there's even twelve of them, and it's they're speckled Sussex and mm-hmm. silkies. Nice. Silkies right? are beautiful. Silkies they are have like hilarious. hairy feet. You look a, at a picture of they're a They're so funny. I know what silkies yeah. look like. Oh, they're great. They're, they're goofy looking and they're the sweetest birds. Yeah. Like, like I think chickens are sweet. lovely. Katie is scared of I, them. I'm not scared of them. I hate them. Why oh. do you hate them? <laughs> okay. I worked on a farm in the county and they had this rooster named Can Rocky. Can you say the name of the farm? Yeah. Well, yeah. It was Frontera, which is like the glamping oh. place. Oh. Okay. But they had chickens and <laughs> yeah, this roosters. rooster, Rocky was huge and Every time I wanted to clean the stalls, it would like attack me. Like I had to take a stick in with me and we were killing roosters one day because there's too many of them. And I was like, kill Rocky. And they're like, no, they need him for protection. I'm like, you put the chickens away at night. You don't need Rocky. Kill him. Yeah. Our, so our first <laughs> rooster was horrible. Mm-hmm. His name was Lenny. He was horrible. He was like that. Yeah. Like he would attack. He was okay with me. But he would attack my husband. He would attack my kids. Mm-hmm. And I know once he got my son in the corner of the fence and was oh. trying to, like, get his yeah. eye. And they can jump so what? high. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. can jump because they'll, like, flap and jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have big spurs on their mm-hmm. feet, which are just, like, little like, knives. Yeah, they're And like they try to get your eyes. So he what did die fuck? protecting the hens, mm-hmm. right? One day a fox, I think, came in and he died. Uh, oh well. Yeah. Oh no. Bye, Lenny. And I have never had a mean rooster since. You can have Sometimes, a rooster. Yeah, that's they're not nice. Mean, yeah, it depends right? on the rooster. You need to have a rooster. No. 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 If you want to raise chicks, you yeah. need a rooster oh, for a reproduction. Well, yeah. But hens are quite happy on their own. Yeah, they're and they're not stupid. Like no, they're happy. I love chickens because I learned they have all these different calls for 
Ooh, snacks. They have a little call for that. Oh, that's so they have cute. a little call for oh, oh there's a hawk. They yeah. have like <laughs> I'm over here. I've dealt with a lot of meat birds and oh, they're not they're very charming. Terrifying. They're not terrifying, but Jeanette terrifying. has like videos of me going in and they're just like little dinosaurs they're like, exactly chasing you for dinosaurs. the food. And there's me just like yelling. I'm like, I am not prepared for this today. <laughs> like, <laughs> these stupid meat birds. Like, yeah, I like eating the meat birds. Yeah. And meat birds are the only thing I don't care about going to slaughter nope, at I'm like, all. Bye-bye. They're just, they're very not chickens. Right? No, they're. They're what we've made them to be. Yeah. Right. They're really docile. Meat birds never stop really growing. Stupid. No. Like you have to. I remember I booked my kill date too late. It was like a week too late. And we were watching them and we were like. Either their legs are going to start breaking or they're going to have heart attacks. Yep. Like we were just waiting yep. for one of those. Because they've really been so sick. genetically modified to just grow. Yeah, you can grow them That's... in like three months. Yeah. And we would always take four or five. Like yeah, we would, we take would their food away. We would slow grow but them. But they'll just sit beside a feeder and yeah. eat all day. They'll eat, yeah. Until they die. And, and you can get them on like grower food, which makes them, we never, we just would feed them like our, our sheep ration. But That's what we're eating. Yeah. That's what all of us are eating. Yeah. No, I know. And I, my it's daughter every year was weird. like, she'd find one kind of, usually the smallest one and she'd want to keep it. And I'd be like, absolutely, we can keep it. But you know. Eventually. Probably what's going to happen. I think we had one that made it a year. Oh, a Wow. Month. But most of them, it'd be like a month after everybody else went. Mm-hmm. They just keel over. Mm-hmm. They just get so huge that they have heart attacks and mm-hmm. die. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Who who made that a thing? <laughs> yeah. People. No, that I saw that you had Shetlands, and I was just laughing because my partner's a sheep shearer. Yeah. And she hates shearing Shetlands. I don't blame. And it. I was just laughing. I was like, Oh, she's got Shetlands. I'm gonna make fun of this. <laughs> well, I'll. So a couple years I did have someone into shear, but like. I think one year I got up to over 50 sheep and it was too many for my pasture, mm-hmm. right? And it was also a bit of a droughty year. So subsequently I kept it down to like maybe I'd have somewhere between 7 and 12 ewes. Mm-hmm. I usually have twins, so it's okay. And I shear them myself. Oh, good for you. Well, hilarious. <laughs> How long did it take you? Oh, like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like for I one? suck at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm taking my time mm-hmm. and... It's not hard to do. No. It's hard to do well. Yeah. It's right? a dance. Jeanette's yeah. really good at it. Yeah. Oh, I'll bet. Like, her family is like, it's so funny because when I was doing her bookings for her, they'd call and they'd be like, that's too much money. And I was like, and they're like, I'm going to call someone else. I'm like, okay. Okay. You're going to call one of her family members because there's like eight shearers in Ontario and they have five of them. So I'm just like, good luck. <laughs> have fun with that. Also, like, come on, man. I understand. Like, margins in farming are awful. They're horrible. Right? Like, I don't know anyone who farms who doesn't have a job. Yeah. Outside of you at least have to have one person working off the farm. Yes. If not both of you have to be yeah, off the yeah. farm. Which yeah. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we had better years than others, but it's certainly not like, mm-hmm. oh, start farming and you'll get rich. Like, no. Yeah, no. Like, maybe you can pay some of your bills with it, but it's mm-hmm. such ridiculousness. But, all, like, you know, you got to value your own time. Yeah. Yeah. And a shearer coming in, it, it's like a joke how yeah. fast they are. It's like, what? Yeah, because it's going to take you, like... Like, we had a guy who had three sheep. He was shearing them himself. It took him two days. Yeah. Where I'm like, Jeanette can... Like, a shearer can come and do three and half an hour, not even. Yeah. With well, setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, it might take me... Depending on the sheep, like they're good because you get them on their tailbone and, mm-hmm. and they freeze and that's perfect. But like 
get them off their tailbone and they try to run. Especially Shetlands are Shetland they're Island, right? They're super scrappy. Mm-hmm. They're great heritage breed, mm-hmm. very hardy. Like I never had to help one lamb or anything like that. But they're also, I had them for over 10 years. And every morning and every evening when I went out, it was like, whoa, who's yeah. this lady? Run! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, guys, it's me. You've known it's me. the same lady. <laughs> they're I'm, so just like... Yeah, they're squirrely little Super sheep. Squirrely. They're so funny. <laughs> Whenever yeah. I help Jeanette shear and there's a Shetland, I'm like, okay, let's do this because I have to catch them. Oh, yeah. And they'll always jump, and then oh, I have yeah. to like hook them around the neck and bring them down. It's wild. It's like WWE with Shetlands. It's oh, yeah. wild out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We would get like because we have a stable with the box stalls. We get them in the stalls, and some of them would like run into the walls. Yeah. Especially if we had rams, like <laughs> they're not the brightest. They're not but... the brightest. They're not the brightest, but. You know, Are they I cute? like them. Yeah, they're, they're really cute. cute. Okay, super well cute. then that's fine. You can't like Shellen and, and baby dolls, they're both like a a wool sheep, and they're yeah. they're really is that the wool fleece. I bought off you? No, we had Cotswolds, oh, which nice. are like wool is nice. nice. Yeah. Shetlands make beautiful, beautiful yeah. fleece. I made really nice right. slippers with those wool, without wool. Cotswolds produce just like an insane amount of wool. Yeah, so Shetlands are good, and they're also tasty, but they're yeah. tiny, right? Like yeah, they're a smaller. Yeah, I feel like I just need to. Hug I could a talk lamb. farming all day with yeah. you. That's why I was <laughs> yeah, I so. Know, right? I was like, we'll talk farming too, but I guess we should talk about other things. <laughs> farming. I'm like so invested in this conversation, <laughs> just yeah. because I'm like, I just like to hear you both because you're just both like really yeah. into it. It's awesome, right? And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, obviously, who knows what the future holds and stuff, but there's something about the work that is farming that is also, it's just good work, mm-hmm. right? And it sounds weird to people who don't do livestock farming that you love animals, so you want to raise them so mm-hmm. you can kill them. And that isn't always easy. Oh, no, I've, right? I have cried loading animals. Yeah, right? It does, like it's, it's not a nice No, and I have experience. like all, a bunch of friends who are like 80-year-old dude beef farmers mm-hmm. down my road, right? And, you know, they don't talk about it in the same way. Like, they certainly don't admit to crying, but they know their animals, mm-hmm. right? Mm Because you're spending time with them. Mm -hmm. You know their personalities. You know their traits. You know who's going to give you trouble. And, you know, very often they have special cows or heifers Mm -hmm. that they they want to keep breeding and maybe they're not breeding well but they still keep them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they're dairying then they have super close relationships with them. And, you know, I I told my kids don't make friends with the boys. Right? Because that's mostly what you're eating. Mm -hmm. The the males. Hard truth in farming is that the boys are garbage. Yeah. Right? They like, don't reproduce. They don't reproduce, so you can't make babies out of them to make money out of them. Mm-hmm. You absolutely need males to breed them, but you don't need very many. Mm-mm. Yeah. Right? And so that's mostly what we're eating. So it's like, don't don't give them names. Don't make friends with the boys. Mm-mm. But if they did make friends with anything, I was like, okay, we have the space to keep one. We yeah. can have... Yeah, I think right. people don't realize that like when you think about mass production farming, yeah. it's a different level. But a lot of small scale or smaller, I'm talking even even people who have yeah, 100 yeah, to yeah. 200 cattle, they still have that relationship. My sister-in-law knows every cow's name. They yeah. all have a name. That's so cute. Not the boys, yeah. but all the no. females have a name. They know you get to know your animals and loading's never easy no matter what. No. But I think people are like, oh, you're just killing animals. But I'm like, I'm giving them the best possible life. Mm-hmm. and they get to be mm-hmm. at pasture and all this stuff and 
like for instance pigs i've said this before they never stop growing so at one point their quality it's like the chickens their quality of life goes down so that's just unfortunately what's meant to yeah, happen yeah. i made that mistake once yeah well my pigs get too big and it's <laughs> like oh my god yeah yeah then what ha- like what happened then you pay a butcher a lot to you pay cut a- all the fat off yeah you pay by hanging weight for a butcher yep oh that makes so, so much you, sense you pay a killing fee and then you pay by weight to get it cut yeah oh yeah because it's probably yeah so if you let an sense. animal grow so it's like 25 percent fat that's all you're garbage. Just cutting fat off. Yeah, I started so you, making but you're soap for it. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was making soap with pig fat. Because yeah. you had so much pig fat. I had so much pig They're fat. They're chubby. They're chonky. Yeah, we did pigs for a while too, mm. and it's so like seeing a pig outside, in like on ground. We had a little pig paddock for them, and sometimes they got out in the pasture too. Like not like they escaped, but I let them out in the pasture. Yeah. But watching a pig dig in the ground. They're so funny. Is like, how could you ever keep this thing on cement? I don't know. That's like the they're thing. literally built to dig. Yeah. And you can see it when they're digging. They're so they're happy. They're so happy. They'll like make themselves mud pit. Yeah. We would just shower That's them. So cute. They're, so they're cute. shovels. Yeah. They're just built like their necks are so solid. Their whole head is mm-hmm. for digging. If That's we what needed they love. like a field, like we were yeah. building a garden, we threw the pigs in. Yeah. And they, they just, just like, like the rooted soil. it up as yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, That's I love smart. it. Yeah, yeah. We will, it's funny because I was so tired when I was farming. We had to step back from farming for family reasons. But now it's it's been like over a year and a half. And I'm like, okay, when can I buy land? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready right? to go again. It's good work. It's hard work, right? There's no days off. Um, you know, spent too much time in my barn with a hairdryer trying to get plumbing running. And <laughs> yep. shoveling shit is not glamorous. Mm-mm. But... It's also, it also is the kind of work where you can look and see, oh, I did this, yeah. right? I cleaned that. I built this fence. I, you know, and built like, I build things, which is like, eh, don't lean on that. <laughs> but you are accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. You're moving things forward. You're seeing animals grow. Yeah. You're eating delicious food that you know, mm-hmm. honestly, these sheep had a great life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And... I am sorry on the day that you die mm-hmm. and I am glad on the day that it comes back from the slaughterhouse and I get to eat it because it's really good. Yeah. We always say one bad day. Yeah. They have one bad day. Yeah. Where, but then we get to eat them. It's so. not a good day. Right. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. On average, 10 to 20% of people experience some sort of dental anxiety or fear. The fear can range from uneasiness to severe phobia, preventing people from seeking necessary dental care and treatments. The Family Dental Center understands and is here to help. Their compassionate team is dedicated to making your dental experience less daunting. FTC offers two forms of sedation to ease your worries. Nitrous oxide, aka laughing gas, and oral conscious sedation. Nitrous oxide is perfect if you're feeling slightly anxious and need to relax. Oral conscious sedation is the next level of sedation. Administered through a tablet, it effectively eliminates anxiety before dental treatment. It requires a babe to drive you to and from your appointment. That's not all. To make you more comfortable and reduce restlessness, FDC also has weighted cozy blankets. For more information on how Family Dental Center can help reduce dental anxiety, visit FamilyDentalCenter.com or call the Belleville, Frankfurt, or Coburg office. 
I want to talk about something we've all faced at some point in our lives, chronic pain. I think it's really interesting how our understanding of pain has evolved. Did you know that scientists used to think physical and emotional pain were totally separate? I just recently learned that. Things are definitely changing though, right? Big time. Nicola from Diamond Physiotherapy taught me there's a strong connection between the two. The neural system, that's the brain's control center, actually processes both physical and emotional pain. So when you're hurting physically and emotionally, it's traveling the same neurological highways. That's wild. So our bodies and minds are way more connected than we thought. They are literally in constant communication, sharing the same pathways. So it's pretty awesome that Nicola and the team at Diamond Physiotherapy are treating the whole person for overall wellness, including physiotherapy, vestibular rehabilitation, and psychotherapy. Exactly. To learn more and get a treatment plan that works for you, visit diamondphysiotherapy.ca and follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Diamond Physiotherapy. Um, so how did <laughs> now so, that we've talked farming and that has made my day so much better? Um, mine too. How did all welcome here begin? Um, so before we officially began, I guess I, you know, coming and living in the county, and I had a great time and I had lots of friends, but I was missing having friends who are people of color. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Prince Edward County is ninety four percent white. So there's not a lot of us people of color in the county. And it was like, like I say to people in the same way that you like a girl's night for wine, same thing, mm-hmm. right? Just like people who understand and they don't necessarily have to be from your specific community, but people who understand race and racism yeah. and have those kind of uh, similar experiences and similar background. You have kind of a shared language, same way you do a girl's night, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Not that you're always trashing men or anything, but like, (laughs) you know, you get it if you are, right? And we all get that, oh, it's not all men. We all get that, but we're still going to just have a conversation. So I was missing that and thinking about, also at the beginning I was thinking about, because we were doing um, vacation rentals, right? Because we are one of those terrible people who had two houses. And... (laughs) Um, we're thinking about like, I was thinking about how do I specifically welcome people of color Mm -hmm. as guests Mm -hmm. to know that this is like a BIPOC owned property and that, because I think for a lot of people of color coming into rural Ontario can be really scary. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I could see that. Or it feels like it's going to be really scary, right? So you know that there isn't community there in the same way, right? So I think people here tend to feel like, Oh, Toronto's this amazing anti-racist paradise mm-hmm. and there's no racism, there's no prejudice. And it's like, no, oh my God, I've experienced so much racism in Toronto, but I have community in Toronto, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not alone. I have people that I can be like, oh my God, can you believe this shitty thing that happened to me? And they're like, yeah, that sucks. And they get it, mm-hmm. and they know, because unfortunately they've experienced it too. But so coming into like rural Ontario felt like a scary thing for visitors Um, And so there there were kind of like two facets of thinking about how do we like get together. And I think right now the the visitor part kind of isn't something that we focus on. But um, so while I'm thinking about all that, um, you know, then COVID happens and George Floyd's murder happens. And All Welcome Here had existed before that. And we also have a separate kind of like it's a Facebook group, but it's like just a place because it's the only Everybody loves Facebook in the county, man. <laughs> they do. They <laughs> really do. Oh, my God. Anyway, so we had a Facebook group already of just BIPOC, like closed group, 
so we can get together and have lunch and talk and that kind of yeah. like just easy breezy fun stuff but also start to be that community for each other for support and so after so shortly after George Floyd's murder people wanted a demonstration mm-hmm. and people of color and white people right were asking me are you going to do one and i was like what what but it was like you're it mm-hmm. you're the organization and that was heavy right like yeah. that was a hard time as a black person uh his murder unfortunately isn't wasn't a new thing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so many people who had been brutalized by the police who'd been filmed brutalized by the police but there was something about that murder the video in the COVID time that really destroyed all of us, Mm -hmm. right? And woke up a lot of people or pushed a lot of people. And so I said, okay, I'll I'll do it. So I'd done event planning and before, so it wasn't like I didn't know how to do like the basics of putting together uh, an event. And then I'd done demos and stuff when I was younger, um, so I, I had that background too. And so we decided, I don't know why I'm saying we, because it was me then. So I decided I'll put together this um, demonstration in Picton. Um, and, you know, again, there's a weight to that too, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was COVID. And so trying to like make sure there's COVID rules in place for your demonstration, yeah. which is like stand six feet apart and... We put, I called for volunteers and um, some like wonderful people of color and some of whom subsequently were on the board um, came out and we put like chalk circles all up and down, picked in Main Street six feet apart so people would know. But that demonstration honestly is one of the best things I've ever done. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. So there were cops there. We had OPP liaisons and all this mm-hmm. stuff because because cops and also because they were like I was. Mm-hmm. It, are, are we going to come out to say Black Lives Matter? Are there going to be counter protesters? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be mm-hmm. anger? Is there going to be violence? Like you worry about I'm calling you all to this place. Mm-hmm. And if something happens to you, that's my fault. It's obviously not my fault, but like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that responsibility. And so the cops start stop counting at a thousand people. On Picton Main Street. Mm-hmm. So have you been to Picton? Yes. Right? The people were from Shire Hall at the top of Town Hill all the way down Main Street to the McDonald's. Like oh, past shit. the McDonald's, which is Main Street. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's where the stores are. The whole Main Street. They were driving up and down the street in their cars because there was nowhere else to mm-hmm. stand anymore. People had signs and balloons. We asked everyone just to wear a black shirt because mm-hmm. it was a vigil also, right? And they all did. There were like Hydro One trucks honking wow. through the demo, like white boys in pickup trucks mm-hmm. honking through the demo in support. And again, so Picton is just a town of 4,000 people, mm-hmm. right? So 1,000 people on Picton Main Street is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's a lot. And again, the county is also 94 percent white. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of white people mm-hmm. on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of the 
demonstration, we asked everyone to lay down in the road mm-hmm. for the nine minutes, right? And they did. And and then we all cried, right? Mm-hmm. Because you feel that yeah. amount of time and the weight of what had happened to George Floyd really personally, which I think is really important. And nothing bad happened. It was a really beautiful, supportive, loving moment of a community like coming together to say, yeah, basically, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And we yeah. all need to do better and we want to do better. And so since that day, it's been a little bit flat out. Right. So it's a community that because there's a low population of BIPOC doesn't have a lot of experience with race and racism. Mm-hmm. Right. We one of the things we got involved in was um, we were asked to sit on the working group for removing the Johnny McDonald statue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in Picton. And there were so many people that came to me and said, I am so sorry. I gave money to this statue and I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And you think about the things where we learn in school at the time, right? I'm 55, so I didn't learn about residential schools in, in public school. Mm-mm. I was taught about residential schools as a positive thing. Yeah. So like I was in the third grade and I was in a French Catholic school mm. in Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Northern Ontario, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So mm. my recollection of learning about residential schools is that the priests and the nuns were saving these mm. savage children, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Like those words, like well, that, out I of mean, the mouth. That's the Christian story, right? Mm. Well, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it was like just like this big old French white man mm-hmm. telling me, yep. telling all these kids the story of like just how these kids were saved and they learned about God and they lived a clean life mm. and all these things. And I was That's like, amazing. I'm now realizing how completely fucked up that is. So fucked up. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, that is right? very not what happened. Yeah. Right. It's not what happened. And I think so many of us, like when I was in grade school, we got this very like one day quick and like everything's mm-hmm. fine, but like here's how Canada started. Never mind. Okay, just yeah. Man. I feel like that's what I got. Right? It was just like we'll we'll fizz over this, Champlain. but it wasn't until I was like for trade in university, oh, yeah. you know, trade. taking yes. indigenous classes that I was like, oh, okay, oh, oh. this is what I yeah. should have been learning. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, for me same thing, right? It was in university that you really start to learn that the story you were told is a lie, mm-hmm. right? And, or at best, half the story. And only from one perspective. I was going to say, yeah, like, it's yeah. definitely from the white point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, a thousand percent. Particularly, like, this perspective that is, like, white, male, cis, het, mm-hmm. wealthy, yeah. right? Who somehow we're all supposed to want to be and supposed to identify with that as a worldview, which is such a trap for literally everybody else. You know, you can't, that idea of like, who could vote? Mm-hmm. And who had the ability to, to make power? It was never, it was never even all white men, mm-hmm. right? It was only specific white men mm-hmm. because the rest of people were felt to be, you know, also not good enough, not smart enough, too low class, literally, right? So 
you know, as we start talking about the statue as a community, like for me, it's super obvious. Mm-hmm. Y- y'all have no idea that this has happened. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even understand this this history of Canada, which is foundational, mm-hmm. right? Residential schools are a part of it, but also you don't understand the part where other people lived here. Yeah. And people showed up, stole their land. Killed them. Killed them (laughs) deliberately and not deliberately. And then moved them away. You know, that was really like, you know, my mom was English. So it's like, it's a very English kind of like, well, if I can't see the problem. It doesn't exist. It's, it's not there. so interesting because I was in France earlier mm. this year and we went to the Jack Cartier, like his house there, and they tell the whole story. And they're telling like how he came and met indigenous people and all this stuff. Then when we left, like um, my step grandma's there and she's French. And I was like, do they know here like about colonialism and like how detrimental that was? And she's like, no, because yeah, we, we don't see it. Like they don't talk about it. Oh, well, they might not talk about no, it. No, but like, yeah, yeah they yeah. know it's a thing, but it's just not. They're like, no, we did this. We discovered this. And it's like, okay. I mean, it's a great story, mm-hmm. right? Like, why would you want to hear the other story? Yeah. You know, I think that's that's a challenging part of trying to do anti-racism work. So if I'm black and I need other people, non-black people or white people, to understand black history, black experiences, anti-black racism... Of course it benefits me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? That understanding, that growth, the learning. But I feel like if, if you're in a dominant group, if you're a wealthy, again, that guy that we're all supposed to identify with, what's the benefit for you, right, in, in learning that maybe your place at the table isn't earned? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not deserved, Maybe you are literally standing on the backs of a lot of people who don't deserve for you to be standing on them at all. But there's all these kind of horrible systems in place that are invisible to you, invisible to most of us, right? Until you start looking Mm -hmm. for them, you don't know that they're there. And what a, you know, so, I don't want to say discombobulating because that's such a weird word. But how it must shake the ground from Mm -hmm. underneath you. I think it's like it's also like you don't want to believe that you're doing something like so horrible right right it's like people have a hard time like like you just have to humble yourself and be like okay I need to just like take a step back and realize that the whole system is super fucked and it's not just it's not right but if you're at the if you're at the table with the power Mm -hmm. Now what I'm coming to you to talk about is now you need to step back from that table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a different conversation than, yeah. Yeah. you know, talking to, say, a group of queer women about how, you know, we need to, like, get to the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really different conversation. And people get, sometimes people get really, it's a really hard one to have, to feel like, you know, you deserve everything. It's like the conversation about white privilege, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's like, I think how we often, so Jessica Lindsay Sonkin, who's like uh, all welcome here as education lead and is a teacher and is amazing. And her analogy is always, it's the same thing with ability, right? Mm -hmm. For me, 
Judith, I'm an able-bodied woman. If I decide I'm going to go shopping, I don't think about, will I be able to park near the store? Yeah. Will I be able to get to the door of the store, mm-hmm. get through this door, get through the aisles? Will I have any difficulties reading product labels? Will I be able to pay okay at this place? Mm-hmm. Any of that, I don't have to think about it. That's my privilege. That's yeah. it, right? It doesn't mean I'm going around kicking disabled people all over the street. Yeah. Like, but that concept is really, really hard. And it's true for all of us, mm-hmm. right? We all have spaces where we don't have to think about other people. But you you can just choose to. Mm-hmm. It's like really kind of yeah, not it's, hard. It's- not difficult mm-hmm. and everyone just seems to be so like very resistant mm-hmm. right? very resistant but i'm like for what i don't i think there's a fear right so there's a fear of so in anti-racism spaces there's a huge fear around being called racist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is much much bigger than being racist yeah right so doing something racist to me or somebody else, it's not great. But me calling you racist is yeah. like the worst thing I can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely the worst. And I mean, it's hard to figure out how that is anything other than the ever popular white supremacy. Right? That your feelings are more important yeah. than any damage you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right? And that, that feeling would be, ooh, I feel uncomfortable. Oh, I should do better. Yeah. Right. I should figure because everybody has blind spots. Everyone makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. I sure as hell do. Right. Yeah. So it's just like figuring out. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. That mm-hmm. wasn't my intention. My intention doesn't really matter that much. The impact on you matters. So I'm going to change. Yeah. It seems like kind of the basics of being a human. Yeah. Unless you think that. It's more important that you not be uncomfortable mm-hmm. than how you impact other people in the world, right? That's certainly not how I was raised. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the time when we talk to people and we put it like that, they're like, oh, yeah, okay, ooh, yikes, that's not how I was raised either or what I believe mm-hmm. or yeah. how I want to be in the world. Yeah. I think that's true. It- People don't like to be uncomfortable. They struggle sitting in discomfort. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like defensiveness around oh, things. So much. When a lot of times they're just being educated and not trying to. Yeah. They just, it's just hard to sit with discomfort as a human. Absolutely. I mean, we do. So since 2020, we've been doing DEI work in the community. So. For us, that's diversity, equity, indigeneity, and inclusion. And we do uh, like corporate and organizational thing. And so there's like a different approach you have to take there Mm -hmm. because people are coming in because they've been told to come in. And that discomfort and preparation for being uncomfortable is so palpable in the room. And the fear of being accused and being Mm -hmm. blamed and, you know, speaks a little bit to the you've never really talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but is like a real fear that people have. I'm, I'm not saying it can't be overcome, but so, yeah. so like, you know, we sort we introduce ourselves, who we are, yeah. but our sort of like one of the first things we have to say is like, 
it's okay to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? It's it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Nobody's bleeding, mm-hmm. right? You're fine. It's gonna be okay, right? Feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel them, but there are feelings. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's just you notifying yourself. Oh, I might have been doing something I'm not comfortable with doing, mm-hmm. and so take it as a great opportunity to learn and change. That's it. But we have to say that. And I think that's is certainly true for me, right? Like yeah. I said, I've fucked up before and felt that like immediate defensive. Oh, absolutely. I'm a good person, mm-hmm. right? I'm not being transphobic. I'm not being homophobic. I'm not being classist. I'm, I'm like, let me defend myself. I'm not that. I have oh, this yeah. idea I of who I am. Do that right? with pronouns. Yes. Like often. And I don't mean to. It's just I'm still... It's a practice thing, Mm -hmm. right? I have a friend and, you know, she's like really beats herself up because she gets the pronouns thing. And it's like, well, if you haven't had any practice, Mm -hmm. particularly with using they, them pronouns, you have 50 plus years of only using he and she. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to practice. It's going to take a second. Take time. But it doesn't mean you don't practice. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you get to misgender people. Nope. Right. You can just simply say, oh, sorry, and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You don't get to like, well, I'm uncomfortable, so I don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I. It's so gross. Much. I don't get I don't get why you would want to do that. Mm-mm. I just I don't understand what like I really just don't get is like my actions could negatively affect somebody else right? to the point where they are so uncomfortable with like themselves as a person over things that they cannot change. Mm-hmm. Right. And Which it's we've like known for a long if time. I can do something teeny tiny to be to make someone feel more comfortable mm-hmm. and just yeah. generally just that seems like a no brainer to me. Like mm-hmm. I would just do it. Right. It's so it and I especially feel the things same. that doesn't matter. Like things that don't matter. No. Yeah. No. Like I think it too, doesn't it's just, matter. as you said, it's, it's willing to learn, like, especially like using misgendering. I don't do it on purpose, but again, when someone tells you their gender, then don't get to just be willing to learn, take that moment, learn, and then yeah. grow yeah. from there. And also understand that it's really not up to you. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it's not, not, the question isn't, do you accept my gender? No, no, that's not the question. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. these yeah. are my pronouns, and I think that's the problem. Yeah. Right? I've never thought of it like that. Yeah, right? I think there is a presumption for some people that, no, I have more rights to decide than you do. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. It's like, like, people aren't going away. No. Like, regardless of, like, who you are, and it's like, yeah. just because you don't want people to exist... Or you don't believe well, in yeah, that is the thing. That that's mm-hmm. a whole different It's also a big distraction, right? Well, yeah. The trans population is really small. It's really not an issue. Mm-mm. You can learn new pronouns. You can simply accept people because you know what? They're not doing anything to you. Leave them alone. Or you can make up stories about them. You can dog whistle. You can fear bait. You can do all of that because mm-hmm. you're trying to distract us, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not going to be distracted by that. Yeah, it's I a deeply non-threatening population. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, right, as a population yeah. who 
struggles with higher suicide rates, poverty, under an unemployment, educational challenges, workplace acceptance, like everything. This is not a real enemy. No. At all. Mm-mm. They don't have any power. No, exactly. As a group, right? It's like, very much so people just, see something and then they grasp onto it. Yep. And take it way too way literally. Way too far, yeah. It's a, it's a story that appeals to us, right? So if you think this idea, so then you can start to feel like people who are different are fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? If you believe that story, then you can think, well, those people are not like me. They're different in a way that I'm quite comfortable othering them, mm-hmm. saying they deserve less, saying they should be out of the school, saying they're unacceptable as human beings. So that's why I think that story is so popular, right? Because mm-hmm. it just gives people this amazing excuse to just dive into their hatred. Yeah, yeah it's a place for them to direct it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that it's a lie doesn't seem to matter. No, clearly not. No. Right? <laughs> Yeah, critical thinking is fun. Why don't they teach that? I mean, I think they do, right? But I also think it is hard to teach critical thinking. It's hard to teach critical thinking to younger people. Mm -hmm. I mean, they say, like, your brain isn't finished till you're 25, right? Yeah. So it's hard to teach. But, like, Mike's, so we do... uh, school program called Jedi. Which I was just going to ask about yeah. this. So Jedi is justice, equity, diversity, indigeneity, and inclusion. And I'm inspired by Rihanna Harris, who you should talk to, who is now just 14, who's a young black woman, community activist and advocate. She goes to school here in Belleville, though she lives in Wellington for reasons. Um, and she started a program here in Belleville. And so I asked if I could do a chapter at PCI. So PCI is the county's biggest school. It's a K through 12 school, um, only high school in the county. So Jedi is for elementary kids. Um, and we tried high school as well, but that didn't really work out. I don't think they have the time in the same mm-hmm. way. And maybe I think it's actually probably better to do elementary kids. So this year we're doing it's grades five through eight. So younger kids who kind of want to talk about what's diversity, what's inclusion, um, and want their school to be better, right? So I think over the past year especially, but certainly again since 2020, there have been more reports coming out of PCI about racism specifically in the school, fun use of the N-word, and by fun I mean fucking terrible, Right. And so those things aren't new. My kids went to school there and they got called the N-word. So it's nothing new, but people are talking about it publicly in a different way, which I think is a very positive thing. They're expecting more of the school. They're expecting more of the school board. Um, And ultimately, for me, it's like, how are you legally requiring kids to go to school Mm -hmm. and you can't keep them safe in school? Mm hmm. Right. So there's an equity advisory committee for the school board that myself and Jessica from All Welcome Here also sit on. And we also had an equity team at PCI with staff and uh, I sat on that and some students as well to talk about issues across the school because it's not great. 
mm-hmm. right? I think there is, I think unsurprisingly, right? There is a a rise in right-wing thinking and kind of like the Andrew Tate of doubling mm-hmm. down on your misogyny and boasting about it. And it's the same as, you know, ah, oh, it's edgy to use the N-word. It's not, it's right? So You're just being racist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But there's also a... Okay, I want to be racist, right? Because I can. My eyes just like widened. I was like, why would you? What? But why would you vote for somebody like Trump? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there is an undercurrent of maybe it's the backlash that we were talking about before. Is we're we're asking people to share power, right? Share access be more equal, pay people properly, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of those people really don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really don't want to share. And that means they want to say out loud with their whole chest that women belong in the kitchen. They want to say that black people, indigenous people are inferior. They want to be racist. They mm-hmm. want to be homophobic, transphobic, like everything. They want to dive into that space Mm -hmm. they don't have power right yeah but they feel like they're power adjacent and they don't want to give that up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's that weird sympathizing with elon musk like he's your buddy and like this billionaire is the lane that you're in and it's like no we're in the same lane Mm -hmm. you know in my other work I'm also like a union steward like I believe in unions and worker solidarity and class solidarity right Mm -hmm. so that kind of idea that you're just gonna think that you're gonna elevate yourself by stepping on other people so gross it's be so gross and scary though Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. because those people make some terrifying decisions and commit horrifying acts sometimes Mm -hmm. for reasons that I hope are inconceivable to most of us right Mm -hmm. but I know in the schools you know at least at PCI there there have been students who've gotten in trouble for racist language use and there have been parents who've been called in and said well it's our religion you can't tell us what to say or do like, what do you do with that? I love when they bring religion to the table. Yeah. Uh, and I know and you know it's not their religion. Yeah. It's like, just like, now you can't call me on it because I said the religion I, but it, it's word. Like, mm. What religion is that exactly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, please explain that one further. Well, what they're saying is, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Basically. It's my yeah. right to do whatever I want. I feel like and this one's like, one of, you can't, really you can't, not. you can't, no. Right? This is not an excusable. It's really not. St- like, no, that's not how this works. It's not. And so there's a there's kids. There are kids at PCI and at all of the schools, not just in the county. There's not a county problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, like, it's, it, it's was ever thus. That doesn't make it acceptable. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, people say, well, I was bullied in school. Yeah. Was it great? Cool. No, it was terrible. Why would you want that to ever happen? Mm-hmm. And so. Are we going to solve racism with Jedi? I mean, I hope so. 
I always hope so. Otherwise, like, what's the actual point? But, like, it is also, like, creating this BIPOC-only group. It's the same thing for the kids, right? It's creating mm-hmm. for them a group of kids yeah. that they know, okay, good. I'm not alone in mm-hmm. feeling this way. And here's some kids that we want to do better. We want to learn more. We want to feel safe in our school. Yeah. Right? Because, again, PCI is a mirror of our community. Most of the kids in Jedi are are white kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, some of them are also Jewish. Uh, some of them are also BIPOC. Some of them are queer youth. Right? But not all of them. And so, but it is a space to sort of talk about difference and acceptance. And boy, do those kids get it, right? That's good. Haven't taught them a damn thing, right? I think if more people would just be willing to learn and not immediately get defensive, the world would be a much better place. Much better place, right? I mean... I don't want it to sound like the schools aren't doing anything because mm-hmm. they have, they are learning. They are being taught, right, um, about inclusion. They are being taught a different kind of history than I was taught, you know, but there's still a space to do so much more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, so much more. It's so, in- so I went to Albert College, mm. so a lot of the students were BIPOC. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, are they do you have international students? So many international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was probably 75% international students. So I never thought anything of it. I was learning from my friends. Of course. Right? At, but then it's like when you leave that space, you know, you recognize that, okay, most of the black kids in this community are at my school. Or, yeah. like, how are they being treated when they when I'm with them? you know, outside of school. It was a, it was a weird, it wasn't weird, but it was a really interesting way to grow up and just have it. It's really lucky. Yeah. Like I do feel very fortunate that I had that upbringing, but it was, it was also like a shock to the system when you leave that bubble and then are Mm. met, like you see what's actually happening and you're like, Oh shit. Okay. Oh yeah. Now what do I do? I had the exact opposite experience. Cause it was all white kids. Yeah. Because it was, I could honestly, like, I grew up and, like, in our community, like, in school, through my entire high school experience, growing up, everything, I think I only ever saw two black people, ever. And, yeah, that was it. Um, This is such a great conversation. Yeah, I feel like I want to have you back again. Yeah, like we could talk like we so much longer. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but for this time, because I feel like we will have you back. Did we miss anything, or is there anything you want to tell us about or shout out? No, I don't think so. I think there's lots more that's mm-hmm. going on, but I don't feel like next time. Next time. Oh yeah, this, We're, this is going to be a reoccurring. Yeah, coming back. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're coming back. Amazing. Okay, thank you. I'm going to shut her down. Thank you. That was amazing. It was great. It really was great. I'm literally finishing editing it now. And some of the things she said are just so quotable. Very quotable. That it's great. And I hope people listen and then choose to go learn. Yeah. It's all about education and being better and... Asking questions. Asking questions and being empathetic. And sitting in the discomfort. 
yeah of things yeah because just There's be- like it's difficult it's difficult and people don't like being told they're wrong so but sometimes it's not your place to know if you're right if that yeah. makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah um it's just like the timing of this episode is like really like wild because my daughter's school had a very racist incident to the point that we got a letter home to the parents saying that the Ontario Human Rights Board is involved and like it's like a, it was like a serious business incident and I'm not going to share the details but like this isn't just adults like no, it's literally th- children it's crazy to me because in the episode she talks about how it's in schools and and how parents of these students act mm-hmm. and they don't like, care they don't and just the fact that children are like kids are like using this speech is in the episode i was like my eyes just like got yeah. so wide and she's like they did because I guess I'm always trying to learn and I don't have that hate in my heart. I just don't under like I don't understand like yeah. where it would even come from. And I guess the people around me also don't yeah. like the people who I keep who are my group, yeah. I guess I they're not that's not our morals. Is that the right word? Morals? Yeah, it's just like it's it doesn't even register as I would never and maybe purposely associate with somebody yeah. who held those views. And maybe that's naive of me to not realize how bad it is yeah. in schools. And I, I do think this episode has made me want to like learn more. And yeah. I'm happy we were able to cover this episode. Same. And talk to Judith and what All Welcome Here does. does and and, programs and Yeah. Because I think it's rough time in the world. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Thanks, Trump. But one thing I shared, and Dan Levy said it, he was like, if more people understood, and I don't know if this applies to race, but if more people understood that like everything's a spectrum, I'm looking at this more from a sense of like gender than, or like sexuality, Mm -hmm. then you wouldn't, there'd be a lot more empathy. I think it applies to race too, just because like the way it's like, I can experience something and then, you know, a BIPOC person can experience the exact same thing, but in a completely different way Mm -hmm. because they're treated differently. Yeah. And like naive me wants to believe that everybody just treats everybody with kindness. Mm -hmm. But like, that's not true. No. Like the gas station up the road from us, the the one on the corner with the new Donald's, Mm -hmm. um, it was owned by like an East Indian couple. And they literally had to put a sign on their door not to abuse the staff because it was getting so out of hand and they ended up selling or something the business because the racism was so bad. Because you're just getting anybody off the 401. But yeah, apparently the racism was so bad that like I walked in and I was like, do you really need to have a sign on the door that because the racism is so bad? They're like, yeah. Again, I feel so naive. Like, it's just, it's absolutely, like, disgusting to me that anybody would treat anybody poorly. Or even, like, if you're pissed at somebody, to, like, stoop down to that level. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're not better than anyone. Like, check yourself. Yeah. I'm also, like, but I'm also, like, bi- I'm pro-punching racists in the face, which I know <laughs> is the wrong. We keep that in. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay, so, like, I in the punk rock thing, there's, like, a lot of like 
part of a big thing growing up, like when I was in my teens, was like punching Nazis in the face. Like that's like a thing. Yeah, I get it. I'm not sure violence like is the answer, but I know I think no, sometimes but I would not there's... feel poorly. Like if somebody said something very offensive, like mm-hmm. and I was like in the presence, I would like give me. <laughs> I would go ham. Yeah, I think I feel like be like no, like you can't. But yeah, no, I'd probably punch somebody in the face, <laughs> given the right circumstances. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? They'd have to like, yeah, no, I would. Yeah, would I get yeah. arrested? Like maybe. Maybe would I get Probably. charged? You know what? Yeah, yeah. You know what? But like I like, there's certain things that I just like. If I'm ch- charged with punching somebody in the face because they said something racist, like I don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Do I think violence is the answer, kids? No. no. Generally speaking, it is the is it the answer? No. Try something before the violence. Probably, but, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Happy holidays. I'm leaning uh, into that one. But yeah, no, this I, I enjoyed this conversation a lot and Yeah, I learned a lot and I wanna I think learn it, more. Yeah, and I think it made me like reflect on everything, which mm-hmm. um I hope it makes you all do that too. Yeah. And maybe you go and learn something. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Do you have any snaps? Do I have snaps? I have snaps for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> for just navigating life. And um, just like sometimes, I just think there's just lots of like fun work things coming up that we can't talk about yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just really proud of you and the growth and everything that you've had in the past year. (laughs) That's all. It's like the past year and a half. It's been a journey. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. I got snaps for you because you didn't cry today, which is big. Did I not? You said you didn't cry today. No, you're right. I didn't cry today. Um, Who else did I snaps? Thanks. Also, snaps to you for planning a whole freaking party in like a week. Oh, I thrive at party planning. I'm bringing that game. I was the social prefect uh, in high school, which means I planned all the dances and parties. So you're like Harry Potter, but not actually Harry Potter, but like a prefect that that, that screams Harry Potter to me. Yeah, we had prefects, I think, because it was a private school. Oh, yeah, because we're doing... Okay, so also we're we're talking to Albert College. Oh, yeah, we're... Shout out Bob Lazell, who has a, was a past guest. I think he was episode 14. Yeah. I say a new episode every time. Um, but we're speaking to his economics class next Wednesday. Do we have any economics background? No. no. Do we make up podcasting things as we go? Yes. yes. But is it working? Yes. So I feel like we're qualified. We're doing it. We're doing the damn But yeah, thing. so I, and I'm going to, yeah, I want to. I can commute. show you on my athlete awards. Shut up. Are there actual awards? Yeah, I was a big athlete. Well, I knew that. But, like, I wasn't, like, that good. It doesn't matter. I just threw my body around. I feel like that counts. Mm-hmm. But, no, I'm really excited to go to the Harry Potter place. Yeah, I'll show you around. Um, That's really it. I hope, like, again, holiday season, take it easy. Cry if you need to. Yep. Sometimes family sucks. Just roll over, play dead. Avoid family, play dead. <laughs> Someone gave me a card that said that. Um, yeah, no, I think that be needs a possum. to be talked about. You just freeze. Ah, ah, family. Um, I feel like people don't talk about that and how difficult sometimes the holidays are when you love your family, but it's just it's problematic, spicy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just do the best you can, and we're here for you. We're sending you love. 
you got this you got this i believe in you um okay bye oh wait no i do oh. want to snap somebody oh i want to snap tweeting co yes because oh my we went to go see the lion of oz and it was so good it was so good they're they're done in tweed but you can still go to bancroft, bancroft which is the village playhouse um, and it's a bigger venue, but man, it'll be, it's so it's good. It's so good. If you're a millennial, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You can bring the family. Yeah. Do it. It's so good. Yeah. Highly recommend. Oh, so good. Okay. That's all. Go see it. Bye. Bye. The Babies of Quinny podcast is recorded and produced at Starboard Communications, home of 95.5 Hits FM, Cool 100, and inquinty.ca.